It's good to be here. You know, I've been out a little bit, and, and yet I've been around. And we got a lot going on. I tell you, God has been so good. And uh, so we're just, um, maybe I can do a little quick update. Um, and before I go any further, that was uh, Joe. I don't, I don't know if he's, he stepped out there, you know, where he's at, but... but uh, Joe, that's, that's his band. Some of those guys, they have been together for 30 years. And uh, so they, he, he, um, he helped put on, or I think he did a lot of the work, to make Worship Fest happen last night. I wasn't able to go out there. I was, uh, if, you, if you see that I'm a little stopped up, at least it's not COVID. I did a COVID test, so I was sitting at the house waiting on my results. And uh, so, because I was determined I was going to be here this morning. And uh, so I'm like, well, I'll go get a stupid COVID test and, and uh, get that out of the way so I could uh, be confident. Because, you know, it, it, with our schools and everything, we te- we're telling everybody, if you're sick, stay home. So I declare I'm healed in Jesus' name. And it's not COVID. So I'm good. You're good. Nobody leave the building. You know, well, we'll uh, I really believe that God's got some things for us here today. But, um, you know, we've got um, our, uh, our Dangerous Nations um, launch that, that is taking place. Uh, Rob Carmen was spearheading that and heading that up, and, you know, he passed away. And uh, so Paul Cole and, and I along with Paul really gathering and rallying that. And, uh, but uh, we're, we're moving forward with that. And you heard Rob Carmen, Dr. Carmen's heart, you would hear it just come out of him regular, of, of just his, his passion, his desire to see the Persian people in Iran reached. And there is a true move of God that's happening. It's underground church. It is... It is they have now documented, and they say that it's the fastest growing church movement in the world is in Iran. And on Tuesday, from uh, CMN Studios there in Dallas, um, I'll be preaching. Now, they, they start on Monday, so Paul will kick it off. Some other guys going, and then Tuesday, I'll get in on it. And uh, please keep us in prayer. We'll be broadcasting into Tehran, Iran. Woo! Yeah. Amen. And um, we're weeks away from, about two weeks away from being on the air in, um, in the Philippines with uh, Hope Radio. And so Hope Radio Philippines will be on the air broadcasting the gospel. Um, so that's happening here very quickly. And uh, we've got Abraham Matthews that is headed back. He's already back in India uh, now and with the Bible school and everything that we've got there and and uh, we're laid out a strategic plan and uh, being able to create an actual ministers association with the church planning that we're doing in northern India in some of the most uh, dangerous areas uh, in India and so um, highly Muslim and Hindu areas that uh, a lot of those guys are risking their lives to do what they're doing so please keep all that in prayer I was on the phone, Mike Reisner called me this, this past week, and um, he's been given some more property um, out of Honduras. Of course, we, we help support, you know, with the orphanages in Haiti, and, the, and they have schools, education. Education's a big thing for them. 
And uh, so we were talking about that and how we could actually join forces and do more together. And it was interesting. I was reading back through a book that I read many years ago called The Jewish Phenomena. And um, I'm at the chapter on education, the importance of education. And he was reading in a book called Finding God in Your City and how education has to become a strategic plan for Christians. Amen? We can't leave it to the world. We've given up too much ground, folks. It's time for us to take it back. And uh, so we've, we're, we're looking at what we can do in that. Uh, we've got lots of building stuff going on. Uh, man, I tell you, Pastor Lang, they're, they're doing great there in Arlington. It's growing and uh, moving forward with the church there. Uh, we've got the new Cedar Hill campus on the school side, and it's rocking. And uh, come to find out, Mike Reisner is, a, is an alumni. He's a graduate from Trinity in Cedar Hill. And so we just felt like there was, again, just a divine connection in that and what we feel like God's going to do uh, here in the future. And um, we, of course, launched, we, we uh, opened a new uh, high school, uh, secondary, there in Abilene. And so we took the old YMCA, did a complete remodel, and opened that this year as well. And uh, so uh, things are going well, things are going good. Our, our church is in the process. Uh, I can't give you a whole lot of details right now, but we are going to have our own office complex and uh, we're going to be able to, to not only house for offices, but it's interesting that some of you, that Pastor David had that word about depression and, and the effects of that. We're, we're, that. That is still a huge problem. It has been a problem, but COVID has really magnified that. And just for Tom Green County, um, it, this was probably a month ago, and in the last six months, they had... They had uh, fresh numbers that suicides had doubled in Tom Green County. And so I feel very strong that we are to do something about that. And uh, so I'm believing God for a counseling center, a freedom center, ministry in the mix of all that. I don't know how it's all going to look. As a visionary leader, many times I'm telling you, I just get a sense from God. I begin to declare it and it manifests. <laughs> it just happens. So... So hang on. We got great things. I believe we're, gonna, we're, we're already preparing all the plans, and we're going to be building out the rest of our space over here. So we're just continuing to move forward. Amen? All right. Whew. How many are ready for the Word today? <laughs> well, I, 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 feel, I feel privileged, you know, I'm, I'm, I, uh, and challenged at the same time. Uh, Pastor David had felt like um, that, that the Lord had laid on his heart in the Beatitudes. And, um, and so a lot of times when I come in, I'll just, I'll just do my own thing now. And uh, they've given me permission. They're like, well, here's the senior pastor. Do whatever you want. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, but uh, I, I just felt like I'd jump in on this. And so you've already covered three. We're going to look at number four. And, um, you know, whenever I, when I, and I, and I haven't, I haven't preached or taught this series, but I've, I've studied it and, um, and of course had a whole Bible course on it. And, and it, it, it is so powerful because so much of, of what we, uh, should be doing as, as Christ followers, it should reflect and come out of the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. 
The Beatitudes should reflect the Christian overall behavior of, of reflecting our king. Of the, 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 it's his kingdom, right? I mean, when you really look at how he did this, this was like the New Testament replacement of the Old Testament of Deuteronomy. When Moses took his seat and he taught, that, that was... That, that, that's a, a word, Kathy Santos, it, it, it has to do with a place of authority and speaking as the mouthpiece of God. And Jesus, it said, he took his seat and he opened his mouth to teach. I believe that was very prophetic saying, okay, we're transitioning now. And in the new covenant, this is what this is going to look like. And as he sets it up, he gives us the Beatitudes, and the Beatitudes set up and, and uh, actually uh, is, is what should give us the spirit of what happens in the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's as if it's similar to the Declaration of Independence, what it is to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I know I'm going probably... Hopefully not too much theology. Maybe just enough, and then we'll move, <laughs> we'll move on. But, but, it, but it's, it's like that. You're not going to fully understand the Constitution and the Bill of Rights if you don't understand the Declaration of Independence, what went on, what tipped that, what caused those men to rise up and risk their lives, their livelihood, everything they had to do what they did and to make that, that declaration happen. And so the Beatitudes, Jesus is risking it all. Because he's about to shift this thing. Because when you, when you see him shift and he goes into the Sermon on the Mount, he is smacking some. He's kicking butt and taking names. I mean, what? look at it. So much of it, he starts mentioning the Pharisees, the legalism. All, all those different aspects of, of, of what they were about. And, and he's bringing the spirit of the kingdom to the forefront. Now, we, we, we've covered in those, in those three, I, I believe it's almost like a progression that happens. And I'll touch on this some more, but it's a progression up to um, blessed are the, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you want to turn there, that's Matthew chapter 5. And, and what we'll see is that I think there's, there's a kind of a progression that happens from the, from the beginning when you see that, that, um, that blessed are the poor in spirit. There's a recognition that should take place in a person's life that outside of the kingdom, outside of the submission to the king, outside of... Truly being a, not only a Christ follower, but a, one that is submitted. We are poor. It doesn't matter how much money you got. You're poor. Poor in spirit. And there first has to be a recognition, and then those who mourn. So it starts with this intellect, and then it moves to this, this place of emotion where 
those that mourn shall be comforted. There's a place where now there's remorse for our lives, for our lifestyle, for our sin. And so you, you first recognize that I'm outside the covenant, that, 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 that I, I, I'm a sinner. I'm poor in spirit. And now I'm, I'm coming into this place, and there is remorse for the sin, and there's, there's this, this place and posture that starts taking place that's moving you into then the next one, which is hum, in meekness and humility, where there is true repentance, to where now it's, it's, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to surrender all. See, I, I went through this in my own personal born-again experience, and I'll, I'll maybe say that again in just a moment, but, but when you come through recognition, remorse, repentance, you come into regeneration. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. And that's where we're going to settle today. And sometimes you don't, you don't just get it. See, if, if I, I remember back. So, so here I am. I'm in my early 20s. I don't, I couldn't remember anybody ever preaching the gospel to me, witnessing to me, uh, sharing, you know, their, their faith. Um, I know that I'd been around it uh, uh, briefly here and there, and uh, my grandmother was, was raised in it, but she wasn't in church. And, and the only thing I could remember her saying is, you know, because she knew I was messed up. <laughs> it didn't take a whole lot, you know, to, to look at me and, and uh, my party lifestyle and realize the boy needs help. Come on, don't look at me that way. I, I know, you know, some of you got, yeah. And all of us, the reality is, <laughs> we all sinners, amen, <laughs> that needed a Savior. And, and here I am, and she would just tell me, God is as close to you as your next breath. I still remember saying that, and she would say that. She'd just, and she'd say, just call out to him. Well, I finally got in a place to where I'm like, I'm desperate. I recognize. I need help. And, and so I began to go, come in from work, and I'd go into the bedroom, and I'd, I'd gone to my mom's and got the Bible, got my old Bible, and and, uh, and, and, and I'd try and read it best I could and couldn't really understand it. And, I, and I'm, I'm just struggling along there. And, and it was about a week or so, and, and I'd gone from this place of recognizing I need God to a place of remorse that I was absolutely sorry for my sins. And, and yet, even in that, God didn't show up yet. Now, well, he, he showed up. But he didn't, he didn't break all that stuff off of me. He didn't set me free. He, I wasn't born again yet. He left me hanging. He didn't just rush in and rescue on the immediate. No, he let the process work. Recognition, remorse. And finally, when I realized I, I, I couldn't do this, because really what I wanted was some relief from the pain that I was causing myself, from my lifestyle, but ultimately, eh, I kind of like that party stuff. Come on. 
I just didn't like what it had produced in my life. I'm talking to somebody here today. And repentance took place. And, and again, many of you have heard that testimony and how, how the Spirit of God was revealing himself. And I, and I came through a place to where I was deeply sorrowful in that, in that moment. I, I absolutely, it was like a, I was sitting, looking, I was in a theater looking at the screen and looking at my past life of every sinful wrongful thing I'd ever done, and it was breaking. And I was sorrowful, remorseful, and I was in that place to where I feel like that God took me. But you know what I did? Even after that, that kind of major encounter that night, still the next morning, now again, I wasn't born again yet, but still the next morning, I rose up, and I thought, wow. That was scary. <laughs> Come on, sometimes you encounter God. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was scaring the devil out of me. That's what it was doing. <laughs> and, but, but that next morning I thought, that's good. I'm going to live for him today. And I went to work and it was like, I'm going to give it my all. It was the worst day. I blew it at every turn. Every, I got in a fist fight. <laughs> I'm like, I went home so defeated. I'm like, okay. And I was frustrated and mad now. And so I'd, I'd, I'd gotten in bed because I'd, I'd gotten, you know, down on my knees the previous two nights, and there was a vision that scared me to death nearly. And, and so I just went ahead and got in bed and thought, well, I ain't getting on, on, on my knees anymore. I'm just going to... I'm just going to be in bed and talk to God. Like somehow that was going to change his ability to do something. And I remember just saying, I didn't plan this, but we're going to do this. This isn't even in the notes. But I remember saying, God, can't you see that I'm trying? Some of God's greatest challenges to bring us to the end of ourselves. That it's his righteousness. I was hungering and thirsting for something that I, I knew that God could bring change, that God could transform my life. I just, I just knew down on the inside, thank God I had people praying for me. And there was this faith that was there. And I remember just just so frustrated, and I, and I cried out to God in that manner, and can't you see I'm trying, what do I have to do? And I used a, flu, a few explicitives. Just saying. That don't, don't run God off. If you're so religious that you think that scares God away, <laughs> listen, just look at Peter's life. Cussing Peter. I didn't scare God off. And here, in that moment, I just had this, in this place of, of just this sense of, look down at your Bible. And I looked down, and it was open to John chapter 14. You, you've heard the story. I read, it was like verse 6 just illuminated. It lit up on the page. And I read, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. And in that moment, I laid that Bible down on my chest, and I said, God, I don't know how. 
I said, but I know one thing. I give you my life. I didn't know how to do this. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't answer any altar calls. I didn't know what that was like. I remember seeing something similar in my granny and Paul's house, you know, it was on TV, and, 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 and I saw something that they had on TV, Christian TV or something, and I started making fun of it. My, my grandpa, listen, in his 60s, he was ripped. He jumped up and wanted to whoop me. He tried to fight. <laughs> if he was saved, he was barely saved. <laughs> but he'd, he was going to fight me and whoop, whoop my tail over, over bad-mouthing a preacher. That was, that was my closest encounter that I can remember. And I laid that Bible down, and I said, okay, whatever, whatever. Show me the way into your kingdom. That's, that's, I just remember saying that. I opened my eyes with this expectation, and there was the Holy Spirit coming towards me. Scared the bejeebers out of me again. I remember just flipping over onto my face, burying my face in my pillow, and I felt tingling come on my body, and I went out under what I know now to be the power of God. And hours later, in the early morning hours, when I came to, all the burden of sin was lifted. I was filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I felt like that, that I was, there was a light coming off of me that was brighter than the light in the room. Hunger and thirst for righteousness will take you someplace. To a place of being filled. Now, so let's, let's, let's break that down just a little bit. Whoo, man. So what does that look like? What I just said, to hunger and thirst. Because that's what he said. He said it right there. He said, he said, so to me, this is the compendium. So you have this, this, this movement that is happening of this progression until you get to righteousness. When you're filled with righteousness, now you're not in your own power and your own strength and who you are. You have now submitted to the king of glory, and you have stepped into the kingdom of God, and now to be able to exercise mercy, to be able to, to, to exercise a pure heart, to be able to exercise the ability to be a peacemaker, is a, is a natural expression that comes out of this intimate relationship of being in his righteousness. And if we don't fully understand this, we're going we're gonna to miss ultimately what God has for us. So let me try and get this. Is Number one, we have to be in pursuit. There is something, and I tried to just break this down, hopefully in, in a way that you'll remember. Pursue. You've you got to go after this thing. You, you've got a hunger. You've got to want it. You, this, too many casual Christians. Too much. It's like we even, we even make it so easy, you know, and then, well, just raise your hand, you know, and pray this prayer, and woo -hoo. You know what? As I have grown older, you know, I'm, I'm, this next week I'll be 60. There's a few of those songs that made Pastor Walt really feel good. There was some retro in there, and I need some retro. <laughs> <laughs> but in that hunger and thirst I'll never forget years ago I love hunting I've already been that's where I was last weekend not ashamed of it opening, opening bow season well I, I, that, the one I was after he's not there but I'm still pursuing 
But I did have some stuff die. Oh, yeah, piggies got to die. Coyotes just always need killing is what I've been raised. <laughs> Sorry if that offends you. But when they're eating little bitty babies, no. And, and so, but, but I love hunting. And I was down in South Texas, and we were hunting on this place that had not been hunted in over 10 years, and it was just eat up. I mean, there was briar everywhere, and there was hogs and alligators. There were South Texas. They had, they had big lakes and ponds all over this thing, 11,000 acres. And, um, and so we're down there, and we're doing spot and stalk and, and hunting pigs. And, and I stuck this pig, and, and my arrow went out, I mean, one side, but it didn't go all the way through. It's sticking out the other, and this pig takes off running, and he is, he's bleeding, bleeding like a stuck pig. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I just got to track him. And I tracked, and I tracked, and I tracked. I'm like, how much blood does one animal have? I don't know, that pig, man, he's had a lot. And, 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 and um, I think this was like one of the first times we were there. Wayne was with me and uh, some other guys. And, and, um, and I got so far out there, and, and it dawned on me that I didn't take enough water. And we're in July in South Texas, and I'm overheated. I have been going a long time. Well, I looked up, and I could see about a mile away, I could see the river where, where all the big trees were. And, and they said, that's fresh water. said that there, there won't be any alligators over there. So if you get around the river, you'll be okay. Around all those tanks, you better be watching and, and so I was like, man, I am, I, I could tell I, I was going to be in trouble. And so I just looked up and I made a, just a beeline headed for that river. And whenever I came into the, the, that big grove of trees, I mean, it felt like the temperature dropped 20 degrees coming into that big canopy. And I went over this, over this edge of this, this knoll and I went down to the river bank and, and it, was, it wasn't flowing real deep it was it was just looked like a stream and um maybe 25 30 feet wide and but i just literally threw my bow down and i just ran down there and i just i mean belly flopped and i am drinking out of this water and i am drinking and drinking and i'm parched i look up and there's a dead cow laying in the water and I noticed that it's downstream, so I just kept drinking. <laughs> I look up again, and looking right across at me is an alligator laying on the other bank. I look to my left, and I look to my right, and I kept drinking because there were no alligators here. <laughs> when you hunger and thirst... It'll cause you to do what you normally wouldn't do. You know what? You won't, you won't, listen, you won't be hungry if you're full of yourself or full of anything else. You ever tried to eat when you were full? You know what else? If you go too long and you end up in starvation mode, it's hard to hunger or thirst. You won't crave anything if you go too far.
Matter of fact, even too much water will make you, make you sick. You'll start throwing up. You've you got you to just start slowly. Some of you, that may be where you're at. You've been away from God, and you've been out in the pig pens of life, and you have somehow grown weary and dry and parched, and you're in starvation mode. But today, there's, there's something happening on your palate. You're, you're starting to gain something, and you're knowing, man, I want a change to happen in my life. Listen, do it and, and get in pursuit but then it's about your position. This beatitude is about your position of who you are in Christ. If you'll study out righteousness, righteousness is right standing with God. And for the, for the Christ follower, those who have truly surrendered their life to him, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That terminology, it's worded a little bit in the English different. Here, here's the way it goes. I, I said this earlier, that sometimes even as a visionary leader, I'm declaring things that I'm sensing, that I'm seeing, before I know exactly how it's all going to come together. That's what happens even with God's righteousness. Because if you come into Christ and say, Jesus, be the Lord and Savior of my life, He declares you righteous. Read Romans. He declares you righteous. Now, is there righteous living that should happen and flow out of that? Absolutely. But you are the righteousness of God. And if you don't get that, you're not going to operate in kingdom business with the authority that God intended for you to live and to use. Why? Because the, the devil will beat you up. He'll, he'll remind you of every messed up, you know, every time you messed up, every, every failure, every shortcoming. I mean, he, he'll even make stuff up and convince you that you did it. That's the devil. But see, if you understand that positionally in Christ, I have been made the righteousness of God. I am blessed. See, you're blessed. He's empowered you to prosper as a child of the living God in his righteousness. It's, it's something that is positional that happens. Listen, it's not because he made you right. Now, as wonderful as my experience was, and everybody's is going to be a little different. God will meet you where you're at. But for me, even that night when I experienced that transformative experience, as many things that did fall, fall off of my life, not everything. Listen, the flesh is still there. You're quiet on me. And some of you screaming at the devil, and listen, you can't cast out flesh. <laughs> you got to bring it into subjection. Get it submitted. Get God's grace involved in that. 
but stand in the righteousness of God and declare that over your life. Begin to declare how Jesus, what he's already paid for, and how God already sees you. That's the righteousness of God. There's an authority that happens. And again, it's not your own authority. It's because you are operating in his authority. You know, we're, we're approaching Halloween. I, uh, years ago, when I, when I first got saved, I mean, I was just radical. I, I, not, a, not a whole lot of horse sense common sense, you know, or, or, or maybe I should say wisdom in that, but I was going to preach, and I would drop my hat to preach. I'd preach at the drop of a hat is the way it goes, and I'd drop my hat to preach. And I preached in every kind of place you can imagine. I'd, I'd drive, I'd, we'd, back then you could drive the drag. I'd drive up into a crowd of people. I'd get out of my pickup, get in the back, stand on the toolbox, and I'd go to preaching. They were going to hear about Jesus. But when I started going over at Chadburn at, at Our Saviors, I was, I was the evangelism director. And we had another group of guys, and we loved doing some just crazy on-the-street drama, especially at Halloween. Oh, yeah. We love messing with the devil at Halloween. And we had this coffin, this old wood coffin. And, and I used to be a lot lighter than I am now, but me and another guy that was the skinnier of the group, we would take turns rotating, getting in this coffin, and we had these other great big guys. And we'd, we'd pull up where there would be a crowd of people, and they would all be in, in their, their drama, their, their faces all painted white, and they'd get out of the vehicle chanting, the old man's dead, the old man's dead. And they'd grab the, the coffin and they'd drag it out. And they would turn it to where, where when you open the lid, it would face the crowd pretty much, you know, in that. And they'd set it down and they'd be chanting. And as soon as they would stop, it was my cue to blow the door over that coffin up. And I'd jump up and start preaching. Scare that crud out of all of them. I don't know if anybody ever got saved, but we had fun. <laughs> there was a few times doing that and some others that I had some old boys want to whoop me. They, oh, yeah, they get mad. Take that back in the church. Like, we are the church. <laughs> now, you don't like it? Talk to one of these guys. Because I had some big dudes that were there. That was always the fun part. You don't like it? Take it up with them. <laughs> That's the cool thing. If you're in his righteousness, as you exercise your authority... You don't like it? Take it up with God. 
So it's your position that allows you to speak. And then the last one, and I'll, I will close right in here. It is about plenteous. More than enough. This word filled, it, it, it doesn't mean just put something in. That word filled means an abundance, an overflow. When it says of Jesus that he came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly, it means super abundant. God didn't do anything halfway. Think about it. Man, I was out at the deer lease, and one morning I decided I'm not even going to hunt. I'm just going to enjoy the morning, spend it with God, and just worship Him. And I walked out there with my coffee, and I'm just watching the sun come up. But, you know, the moon's still there. Stars are still in the sky. And they're plenteous. He could have just threw a few up. Matter of fact, why has he got him out there? You ever thought about that? God. Pastor David said here, he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's a God of abundance. But that in and of itself is so that we have more than enough to be able to give to others. He's always concerned about someone else. It's never just enough that your needs are met. It's never just enough that this church needs are met. He wants us. He wants to have flow through. When you study the rich young ruler, in the King James, we completely miss it. This does not line up with anywhere in the Bible on how God blesses and uses people. He doesn't try to strip you down and make you poor so you don't have enough. When he told that rich young ruler, when he said, what do I, what do I have to do to really be complete, perfect? And Jesus said, okay, you want it? Take what you have, sell what you have, sell and give to the poor. That word sell in the Greek is not liquidate. Let that settle in. Come on, how many of us would, would, would choke on that? If God told you, okay, get rid of everything. Sell it all. Take it down to zero. How many of you would go, ah. it doesn't matter how little or how much you have. Nothing? See, I, I, I always struggle with that. And when I finally started studying it for myself, I went, hello. It's not liquidate. It's the same word that Jesus used to occupy till I come, do business till I come. This rich young ruler had talents, had gifts, had, had abilities, and all Jesus was asking him to do is begin to take that and direct it towards kingdom business. And it said he walked away sorrowful. It, see, that 
truly magnified the selfishness in this guy's heart because he wouldn't just take some of what he had and begin to direct it towards caring for others, towards kingdom business. And he had the greatest time. Jesus said, and come follow me. Wow. He would have had that place. wish I could go some more on that. God doesn't want you poor. And if you're, if you're afraid of prosperity gospel, don't be. Because it's not about prosperity gospel. It's about being blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they shall be filled. Filled with what? Filled with Him. Let me read you one more scripture, and I'll close. Matthew 6, on into the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, verse 31, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first. Seek first. Go after it. Seek first. Listen, submit yourself to the kingdom, to the king, Jesus. Seek first the kingdom, God's rule. What does God say? What is God given direction to? And his righteousness. Doing things the right way because they're right. His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. It's going to be all right. God is the God of abundance. He's got more than enough. I believe he's got some answers that you hadn't even thought of yet. Whatever you're facing. Because maybe in the midst of some of that depression, you, 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 you've got real concerns and real questions and real stuff going on. How am I going to get out of this? How am I going to meet that need? How is this going to happen? Well, this morning, you know what? The hope. I appreciate Pastor Dave, and he kept talking. Hope. Hope carries you beyond the circumstance of where you're at and helps you to see something in your future. This morning, this message. Listen. He has something for you, but you've got to go after him. If you're out of work, spend it on your knees. Go volunteer somewhere. My dad hired, I watched my dad hire people sometimes because they just wouldn't give up. They just kept showing up. Kept checking. Now, fortunately, where we're at today, there's help wanted signs everywhere. So get a job. Let me say that again. I really sense that. Somebody needs to hear that. Get a job. Don't tell me, well, I'm just, I'm just getting intimate with Jesus. No, if you're not submitted, and he said, fine. Listen, God never said he's going to bless your backside. He said he'll bless the work of your hands. Find something to do and do it with all your might. Well, I'm just, I'm just into this, this place right now where it's just all, I'm just, 
I'm just seeking Jesus in his presence. So you're navel gazing. Do I believe that you should have a prayer life? Do I believe you should worship God? Do I believe that you should have? Yeah, and it's like that leg is, is right there. And if you want to not just be on one leg, you better have the other leg that says, Go. 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 Please hear me. Go. Jesus' last words were go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations. Stop being selfish all about you and start getting your eyes lifted up and find somebody else in need. Go meet a need. Go reach someone that's in the gutter. Go reach someone that's in despair. Find that person. They're there. They're here this morning. Some. If you're not, if all that filling is not allowing that to have overflow, what good is it? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. There may be some that's right here today that you're hearing. You're being challenged. <laughs> I was visiting with someone out in the hall before service, and they were like, Oh, you're up today. Uh, we started talking about their steel toes. <laughs> I don't know how else to do it. Just bring it. If I'm not being challenged to go to the next place, because see, I, I, I believe in that philosophy of good, better, best. Come on, good, better, best. And where you start, start is not where God intended you to stop. There's a progression in this. I was visiting with that bass player. Whoo, what, oh my goodness. He is good. And he said, I'm just still learning. Yeah, I watched him play. I was like, yeah, you're learning. <laughs> you're about way ahead of a whole lot of others. You know, that's okay. If you look around, you see some others that they're way out ahead of you in their Christian walk. Let that just be an inspiration to you. Let it motivate you. Don't get intimidated. Get motivated. Just go for it. Press in. Press in. Oh, I just hear that so strong. Press in. But let it take you someplace to minister to the hurting, the needy, the lost. Father, we thank you today. God, we thank you for what you're doing at work here today in our lives, and thank you that we, as a kingdom people, are blessed because we hunger and thirst for your righteousness, and you fill us. Thank you that it's not on our own righteousness. It's not based on our own merits. But it was what Jesus accomplished for us. Because he who knew no sin became sin for us. That we would be made the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. 
while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's if today and you, you just you just say, you know what, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even even lead you in a prayer. I want you to do something just right here in this moment. If you're acknowledging that, and you may you may have been lost as Walt Landers was in his early twenties, with no recollection of somebody witnessing to you, but today you have heard the gospel. And I want you in your own words to say, Jesus, I give it all to you. Just right there where you're at. If you're away from him, if you're involved and you're, you're living a life of sin in some areas and you just know that you want to release that and you want to lay it down and you just want to get back on course, just tell him right where you're at. God, I just want to surrender afresh and anew. I just give you that place in my life. Hmm. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the work of regeneration today in your righteousness. And we bless you.